Ephesians chapter number 4. We are reading from verse number 11 all the way to 15. Ephesians chapter 4 from 11 to 15. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some teachers, pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of, of doctrine, by the trickery of men, in cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, I say hallelujah. Let's read Colossians chapter 1 from verse 9 to 10. Colossians chapter number 1, the ninth verse and the 10th verse. The Bible says that for this reason, we also since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Hallelujah. We've been talking, we started a series last week, The Fruit of Christian Maturity. The Fruit of Christian Maturity. Hallelujah. We are supposed to grow as children of God. Amen? We are supposed to grow as children of God. You see, the, the thing that we do as, as, uh, most of the time as Christians is that once we come to church, we get saved, we get born again. And especially when we start speaking in tongues as charismatic Christians, we think that we are fully grown. And we don't do anything that we need to do to grow. But the scripture that we just read says that he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of faith, to the measure of the fullness of the stature of Christ. Hallelujah. That we should no longer be children. Amen. You see, the, the scripture is saying that we, don't, we shouldn't remain as children, but we must mature. Amen. We should not stay in our childhood state in, as Christians. That is the reason why we are tossed about by any wind of doctrine. That is why there is proliferation of churches. There is, there is a lot of people coming up with all crazy, crazy sorts of uh, theories, coming up with all crazy, crazy um, sorts of... Um, ideologies and theologies and people just buy into it and they, they start doing all sorts of crazy things. Hallelujah. And it's because we haven't taken our time to really, haven't taken our time to really search the scriptures and to develop ourselves. So we are being tossed. If they say today you have to jump 15 times to receive a blessing, we jump 15 times. If they say you have to roll to one corner and then roll to the other for about seven times, we will all be rolling around doing all sorts of crazy things because we feel that that is whatever is being said is what must be done. 
to, for us to receive our blessings. Hallelujah. But we are not children. We are supposed to grow. Amen. And last week, I started, we started looking at the <clears throat> stages that we need to go. Hallelujah. Stages that we need to go to grow up. Amen. When, when you want to evaluate your spiritual growth, it is so important that we evaluate our spiritual growth. I said to you last week that in this country, when you give birth, you go to the antenatal, the, is it antenatal? They, start, they give you a red book. Postnatal. Postnatal, they give you a red book. And the red book has a chart. So at each stage, they, they will chart the, 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 the level of, of growth. Are you with me? The height, the weight, and everything. At each stage, they chart the growth. If people do that for, for physical growth, then I believe that as, as children, as Christians, we must also chart our growth. Amen. So that we know that we are growing. You see, that red book, for those who don't know, that red book is supposed to teach us the, the develop. Is it yellow book or red book? It's red, isn't it? It's supposed to teach us the stages, the stages, the developmental stages of the child. Amen. So that we can follow that the child is growing very well. If the child is supposed to be maybe two years old and the, the child has a, a, weight, a weight or height that is under the bar, then there's something wrong with the child. Am I, am I making sense? And, and so the, the doctors will have to investigate to find out. But as Christians, nobody bothers to check at this stage so what, what is my spiritual growth supposed to be like? Where am I supposed to be in my growth? I've been in church for 33 and a half years. Where am I on the red book? <laughs> Hallelujah. But today I want us to look at, at it as Christians and decide that we need to chart our growth. And we started looking at it last week. We started looking at um, the various stages. And we started with the, the, the birth stage, when you are born again. Amen. And we looked at Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 10 verse 15. <clears throat> the Bible says that truly I tell you, anyone who is, does not receive the kingdom like a child is not worthy to enter into it, will never enter into the kingdom. Which means that the very onset, you have to be born again. Amen. You have to come to a place where you invite Jesus into your heart as your Lord and personal Savior. Until you come to that point, I don't care how long you have been in the church or you've been friends with the, the, the church, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. According to the Bible or according to Jesus, you must be born again. What does it mean to be born again? And I said to you that when we look at the physical, we can compare the physical to the spiritual. A child is conceived in the womb. When the child is conceived in the womb, the child is a baby. Are you with me? Even though we haven't seen the child, the child is still alive. When the child gets out of the womb, when the child gets out of the womb, then it's born. And you see, when it's born, there are some, some deaths that is on the child. We talked about it last week. You remember? The child comes with either green or white or brownish green fluids around the child. And the first thing the doctor, the, the midwives or whoever the nurses would do before they hand over the baby to the, the, the mother is to clean that child. How many understand that? 
In the same way, when you are born again, you have a lot of the world inside of you. Assuming the womb is the world. Are, are you with me? Assuming the womb is the world, you have a lot of the world, world system and world things inside of you. So you come to church, but you're still in church, but the, the, the grunge, you know, you have five girlfriends, five boyfriends, you have a sugar daddy somewhere, you have this, you have that. It, it, it's part of you. So the nurses or the people who are supposed to, the midwives, are supposed to try and clean you up. Hallelujah. So you see, as a Christian, you go through the stage where you are being, being cleaned up. But how many will agree with me that if you are being cleaned up after, after seven months or two years or three years, then there is something wrong with you. How many understand what I'm trying to say? Because you are supposed to develop. You are supposed to move from the place where you have the, uh, uh, what did we call it again? The mucus, the, the fluid, amniotic fluid. Is it amniotic fluid? Am I? You can't have amniotic fluid in, around you whilst you are 10 years old. You will, there was something, it, it, will be some, it will be unfortunate. How many understand what I'm saying? So you see, the, the, the scripture we read says that in 1 Peter, remember 1 Peter 2 verse 1, says that therefore rid yourselves from all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander, and every kind. Slander of every kind. Rid yourself, clean yourself up. So the first stage as we get born again is to go, to the, go through the process of cleaning ourselves up. That is when we need to start changing some friends. Hello? The friends that used to take us to some places, we need to start changing them. Some, some places that we used to frequent, some things that we used to do, we need to read ourselves. How many know that when you are cleaning, it's not very easy? Especially when you're a baby. When, when the, you see, sometimes when the, the child has been in the womb longer than it should be, the fluid sticks harder than it should be. Yeah, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. If the child, you know, there are some children that are born 10 months. I know some. I know one in this room who was born 10 months, not nine. And so when he came out, and he said he, in case you're wondering, when he came out, the fluid around him was stuck to his, his skin. And so the, um, I don't know, Cassandra, are you okay with me saying what I'm saying? So they, they had to rub it a little bit to get rid of it. And so the child was crying because they had to scrap, they had to really try and clean, clean it. How many understand what I'm saying? You see, that is why when you become a, 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 a born again Christian and you come to church and we are telling that you must leave that boyfriend. You know, we must stop, you know, going to that drug house. You must stop that 419, you know, 419. You know, dodgy, uh, <laughs> you must stop those, those type of lifestyle. It is not pleasant. Do you understand? Then it, 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 because it, it feels like something is being scrapped off you. Hallelujah. And it's not a very pleasant thing. That is why the children will start crying. That's when they start crying. Because they don't like what is being done to their skin. 
Even though that thing is healthy. Because they need to be presented back to their mothers. Hallelujah. In the same way, when you're born again, there are certain things that, you know, you, are, you struggle with. As a baby, you know, the baby has, the baby has no control of itself. And when he feels like pooing, he just poos. When he's hungry, he just cries. When he's uncomfortable, he cries. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? When his body cries. If you are not lucky, you have two of them. <laughs> it's not easy. How many understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. And so, you see, when you are a church full of babies, you give the same pressure to a pastor as a, a, a children give to their triplets <laughs> or, or twins give to their parents. Because as one is crying, as you finish a cleaning one, one is pulled on themselves. As you are doing this, one is doing that. As, so you see yourself going all over the place. It's because you have a lot of babies. You're always going to quenching, I call it fire service. You are doing spiritual fire service everywhere. It means you have a lot of children. Amen. Then we moved on from there to the stage of childhood. Amen. The childhood stage. How many know that children are very busy? Hello? Children are busy. When you come to the house, the busiest group of people are the children. But they are the least productive. Hello? I'm talking about from toddler that's from 18 months or, or two years. Let's start from two years. Two years to about five, five, six. They are very busy running around, running around, making so much noise. You can, if you are not careful, if you have two or three children, if you are not careful, a third child will be added. And the name of that child is stop it. You think you have James, John, Sam, Sam, and stop it. Because every time, Sam, stop it. James, stop it. Stop it, stop it. So you think stop it is also another child in the house. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy 3, 14. 14 and 15. The Bible says that, but you must continue in in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And and that from from childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, as a child, you are, you are now beginning to... How many know that children learn quicker? When you want to teach a language, no matter how difficult the language is, if you are teaching it to two-year-olds or three-year-olds, they pick it up very quickly. Hallelujah. So at the childhood stage, as a baby... That is the best stage for you because your mind is blank. So when you come, you are able to process. So if you get a good teacher, a good apostle, a good prophet, a good uh, evangelist, a good pastor, a good teacher, and they are supposed to teach you so that you no longer remain as a child. If you get a good teacher and you can process, you will grow quicker. Hallelujah. How many of you know that there are some children that when their children are born, most of them have the same weight. Average weight is the same. 
But from the age of two to maybe five, the growth, the height, the weight is dependent on their upbringing. If the child is brought up in a place of scarcity, if the child is brought up in a place of hunger and famine, you will see that the growth of the child will be stunted. How many understand what I'm trying to say? And if the child is brought up in a place of abundance, in a place of plenty, the child looks very big. So it is really, at that stage, it's dependent on, on the, the, the environment that the child is growing. So you see, unfortunately for some of us, as Christians, as uh, on our childhood um, stage, we, we, went to the, we got up to the bad environment. We got up to a place where we were taught wrong. How many understand what I'm trying to say? We're fed wrong. We had, with all their best intentions, the, the, the people that we, we came through, the parentage that we had, may have taught us wrong. So we have picked up a lot of bad habits. We have become overfed with junk food. You know, the other day I was looking at, I watched a documentary of a child, one of the biggest children in the world. This, uh, I think, Malaysian or one of these Asian countries, Malaysia, and they, they were feeding the child who eats two meals, two whole meals that for, for, for full-grown adults. And this was like a, a three or four-year-old. And when you see the child, the child looks like a ball. You know, and, and they were interviewing the, the parents, and the parents said, we couldn't stop. Anytime he cries for more, we give him more. And the child cries for more, we give him more. And the child cries for more, we give him more. And, and see, in their best of intention to try and raise up the child in the right way, they ended up abusing the child. So the child became morbidly obese. Hallelujah. And see, so as, as, as Christians, maybe some to are malnourished. You know how many have watched those uh, USAID, uh, what do you call, child... Fund those type of adverts that come, you know, with the flies in their faces. I don't know why they always use African children. Uh, Families only in Africa. I don't, uh, you know, <laughs> sometimes when you go to some parts in, the, in America, and you see worse, worse things than that, but they will always bring an African child with flies all over their face that the child doesn't have enough uh, strength to even swat the fly. How many have seen that before? Yeah, uh, and you see the child, you know, with a big stomach, big head, and tiny, tiny limbs. How many have seen that before? Yeah, and, and you see the child is malnourished. It's not the fault of the child. It's the environment that has caused that child to be like that. If that child is extracted from that place and taken to another environment where there's plenty, the child can correct its growth. Hallelujah. Spiritually, it's the same. When you get to a place, don't say that this is how I've been brought up, so I'm going to stay in it. It may be that you are still malnourished. So you don't go to the place and refuse to eat. Hallelujah. You see, when the child who has been malnourished from a farming place is brought to a place of, of plenty, the child just eats. Within two, three days, the child begins to fail. All those contours begin to fail up. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? That thing that we are looking at physically is the same thing that happens spiritually. When we refuse to grow, we are malnourished. Amen. And the, the verse 40 says that you must continue in the things which you have learned. 
the only way, the only time you will get out of that state of anorexia or state of being skinny is when you continue in eating. When you continue eating, in First Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Hallelujah. So as you eat the word, as you imbibe the word, in the morning you have your quiet time, in the afternoon you, whatever message you, you, you imbibe it, in the evening you, you eat the word, you read the Bible, it helps you to grow. Amen. I said it helps you to grow. Hallelujah. If you don't grow, it's because you are refusing to grow. A lot of Christians are refusing to grow. See, as I'm, I'm describing this state, for, for some of us, that's, how, that's the state we are spiritually. We have, we have just remained in the anorexia. Do you know that at that age, at that place, you know, they still have that image. I don't know whether you want to show a picture of those. You know those uh, US aid child fund picture? You know, when, when at that age, when the child is so weak and you put the milk there, it's a very hard task for the child to suck the milk. How many understand that? Because it's, it's extra effort that the child hasn't got. Extra energy the child hasn't got to suck the word. So sometimes you see that them trying to force feed the child. Trying to, you know, they put the milk and they tickle the jaw, you know, they try to you know, tickle the jaw a little bit to open their mouth so that the, the milk can enter. See, for some of us, when we take the Bible, we just want to sleep. We, we, have, we are at that stage that the jaw must be uh, so that the milk is poured inside because you need the milk to get energy to eat more. How many understand what I'm trying to say? That is why for some, of us, for some of us, we don't like coming to church. We like the praise and worship. We like the dancing. But as soon as the message starts, then the energy is finished. We feel like sleeping. How many understand what I'm saying? You feel like sleeping. So what I'm doing now is I'm trying to shake your jaw. I'm trying to shake you and say that, no, the best part of the service is this, what I'm doing now. Because this is the time I'm releasing milk. Amen. For you to drink. Hallelujah. Never equate your physical growth to your spiritual growth. The fact that you've been in church for seven years doesn't mean that you have done PhD spiritually. The fact that you've been in church for three years doesn't mean that you have completed your bachelor's degree. No. It is the amount of milk that you eat into your system that will determine that you are growing. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Then the third stage is the stage of youth. That's the stage between childhood and adulthood. Amen. So you see, the, the, the baby stage is the stage of receiving. You are drinking the milk. Sometimes, see, children, babies don't, they, all they do is eat and sleep. They eat and then they sleep. Then they, they ease themselves. They are cleaned. They are washed. They are fed. 
and then that is it. There is nothing else to their cycle. When they wake up and they fidget, oh, please. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So the third stage, take, take the picture off. Take the picture off. The third stage is the youth stage. Hallelujah. Remember the story in Luke chapter 2. I don't know, I don't think I have time to read it. This is the time that Jesus, Jesus' mother and, and the, the parents took, took, they took them to Jerusalem, took him to Jerusalem. And the Bible says that when they had finished worshiping, the mother felt or thought that she had gone with uh, the, the, the other family party. And so they went back home. And when they got home, they realized that he was not there. And so they were worried and they had to come all the way back to look for the child. Hallelujah. And uh, let, me, let me take it from verse 49. And he said, no, verse, let me take it from 40, 48. So when they saw him, they were amazed and his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they, they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth. Hallelujah. But the, 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 the verse 47 says that, and all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So at the youth stage, there is a lot of understanding and there's a lot of questions being asked. When you get to the stage, you now understand spiritual things a little bit better. So you now have a lot of questions to ask. So when people, when you get to a place or a church where they have a lot of questions to ask, it means they are growing because now they can process things. How many understand what I'm saying? How many have ever gone to like teach in a primary school before? How many have taught in a primary school before? You, want, you, you, you bear with me, bear me witness that they have a lot of questions to ask. Isn't it? They ask a lot of questions. Please, please teacher, please teacher, please teacher. And then they, they start asking. Sometimes the question they ask has nothing to do with what you are teaching. How? Why? Why? How? Why? How many have driven with some children uh, on a, a long journey? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> How many have heard that before? No, you just started a journey. You are going to London. From Leeds. You just started a journey. You have not even hit the M M uh, M1. Are we there yet? It is a childhood stage. A stage of curious, being curious. The youth stage. It's a stage of being curious. They want to know. Why do you do this? Why do you do that? Why? So you see, if you're a Christian and you haven't reached the place of why, 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 you are not there yet. You need to know the whys. Why do we do what we do? And what are we, what, is it? The, the five W's, isn't it? What, when, which, where, how, 
I know there's a how in, the, in, the, in one of them. There's one H, but they call it five W's. Who, what, when, where, how. See, when you start asking questions, you read the scripture. Pastor, I read the scripture. What, why did he say this? What does it mean? It means you are dealing with somebody who is getting to the youth stage. Because they are now processing what they are reading. And they need to, they want understanding. See, the more you do, the more you get, you move from the youth stage into adulthood. You see, a lot of Christians try to skip this stage. Because we assume we know. And you see, it's that assumption that makes Satan get the better of us. It's that assumption that makes Satan, you, you, you remember the, the scripture that says that we are not ignorant of his devices. How many know that scripture? You see, it's that ignorance that makes his devices have an effect on you. Because you are ignorant. You don't know, you think you know, but you don't know. You don't know his plans. You don't know his machinations. You see, the, the Satan has no new tricks. The things that are, are the things that will be. Is there anything that you can say? See, this is a new thing. There is nothing new under the sun. That's uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. There's nothing. There, there, there's, no. It's, 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 it's three, three years. There's nothing new under the sun. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? There's nothing new. Ecclesiastes 1, 3, yeah. I always interchange. 1, 3, 3, 1. That which has been is that which will be. That which has been done is that which will be done. Is there any, there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing that you can say this is a new thing. Hallelujah. It's not new. It has happened before. So you see, Satan will always repeat his tricks. But you see, if you don't know the trick that he has used before, then he gets the better of you. That is why we cannot gloss over this stage of curiosity, this stage of inquisition, this stage of learning. Hallelujah. We need to learn. Remember Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12. He says that for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have become, to, you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes in only in milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who have or who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Hallelujah. It is that processing, processing that will make you skilled to eat hard meats. That will make you skilled to become a teacher. You know, if you don't move from childhood to youth and you want to move from childhood to adulthood without going to the youth stage you will not be grown fully grown hallelujah how many understand what i'm trying to say you will not be fully grown and you always be lacking i pray that as christians we will not we will not miss out on the youth stage it's amazing that majority of christians miss out on this stage in Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4, the Bible says that the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned 
that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens me to hear. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. Hallelujah. You see, the thing that will make you to become somebody who has the word in season to give to those who don't know or those who need is when you have heard and processed. Hallelujah. When you have heard and processed well, then you have the tongue of the learned. If you haven't learned, you cannot be a learned person. You know, in, in, uh, in the lawyers call themselves my learned colleague. As if the others haven't learned anything. That's one of the things that annoys me about lawyers. But anyway, let's go on before I get into trouble. <laughs> I know they are here. <laughs> My learned colleague. As if the others who have done other subjects didn't learn anything. But you see, you can never be referred to as my learned colleague until you have learned. Do you understand? Otherwise, it's just a title. You see, a lot of us are calling ourselves big titles in church without having been processed. So we are calling ourselves learned colleague who doesn't know anything. And that is, you see, if you have a learned colleague who does not know the law, or he's not very experienced, we we'll always lose a case. So a lot of Christians are losing cases where Satan is concerned. We are losing a lot of, because we call ourselves learned colleague, but we don't have the skill. So anytime we get to the court of spiritual justice, and the accuser of the brethren begins to accuse us, say, your honor, uh, at this time, I want to abolish my words. Because, you see, somebody, if you, if you are, let's say you, somebody has stolen something and you are supposed to represent the people who are supposed to prosecute the one who has taken something. And then that, that the thief gets a good lawyer and you are the prosecutor. You, you see, you are, supposed to, you are supposed to prosecute that. Listen, we saw the guy, we saw the video evidence. He actually stole the handkerchief. We saw it. It is evidently clear. And uh, we saw him put it in his pocket. It is clear. And we saw uh, him walk away with it. It is clear. My honor, your honor, I finished my case. Then the defense comes and says that, have you fed him all, all week? No. Have you clothed him? So ask somebody who is hungry, and you are supposed to feed him, and you haven't fed him. Why wouldn't he take the handkerchief? Then before you realize, now they are turning the case on you for neglect. That you neglected to feed him, that's why he has stolen. And you see, if you are not very, very um, experienced and very skilled in the word, you get to a point to say, Your Honor, I think, um, then you start. <coughs> so you see, for, for most of us, even though Satan has lost, he's supposed to have lost the case. Because it's, a, it's, 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 it's evidently clear that this is a white and black case. We saw him steal. He, the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. We know it. But when you go to the, the justice of heaven, you are not able to defend properly because you don't know the word. 
So that's how come we take some defeats spiritually. See, the shouting and screaming in tongues doesn't make you, it doesn't qualify you. I'm not discounting prayer, but prayer is taking the word back to the justice of heaven. If you don't know the word, what are you standing on to pray? It is like a, a lawyer who is talking plenty grammar without quoting the law. You will lose the case, even though you are speaking grammar. Because the grammar is not what makes you defend well. Do you understand? We are not doing English here. We are doing law. So you are supposed to quote the article, subsection 3, clause 4. And then you are supposed to quote that, you see, in 1957, between lumber and lumber case, you know, this person did it, and even that there was a, a, a judicial uh, decree that this, that, 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 that. And your honor, you know, in 1952, you know, Justice Benson of the Supreme Court said something, something, something. See, as you, then you see that the, the defense is going down because you are turning and you are turning, you are backing your arguments with a lot of which is inside. And that was what makes your prayer effective. Hallelujah. That is what you see. So I, I'm not saying that stop, don't pray. But you see, get this one. So that your prayer is effective. Hallelujah. A lot of us, we shout in tongues. And that's all we do. And that's why we are always being defeated by Satan. Because we have nothing here. Hallelujah. Because we are skipped from a childhood straight to adulthood. When you want to battle demons who have read the scriptures back to front. Before you were created, they have been reading this. Even Jesus, they quoted this to him. If you are the son of God, command the stones uh, to be made, uh, to be turned to bread. Or jump. He says that uh, for he will ask his angels to, to, to Take charge over you, that you at least you dash your foot. It's not it's a scripture. Hallelujah. But if you are not experienced and you quote the scripture, you fall for it. Hallelujah. That is why we must be descending. You see, at that stage of being a youth, is the stage of asking questions. It's the stage of wanting to know, wanting to learn, wanting to know, wanting to learn. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Let me try and finish this quickly. I know my time is up. The fourth stage is the adulthood stage. That is when you are strong and stable in your relationship with God. In 1 Corinthians 15, 58, the Bible said, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abandoned in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain, in the Lord. Hallelujah. That's the place where you are stable. You are now an adult. Now you, have, you are stable in the Lord. You know, in 1 John 2, 13 and 14, I write to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you young men because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you little children because you have you have known the Father. 
I have written to you, fathers, because you, are, you have known him from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. You see, what makes you an adult is when you are strong in the word and the word abides in you. So you see, when the scriptures are be strong in the Lord, in the knowledge of our God, it says that grow to become an adult where you can stand firm in the word of God. Not just, oh, I, I rebuke you in the name of the, the, the Jesus that pastor preaches about. But you have your own relationship with the Father. You have your own relationship with God. You have your own relationship with the word of God. Hallelujah. You have known him. And you are strong. The word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the wicked one. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3 verse 10, he says that, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering be made conformable to his death. If by any means I will attain to the resurrection of the dead. That's not that I have already attained or I'm perfect, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Jesus, the Christ Jesus has laid hold from, of me. Amen. The place where you know him, you know him. You have your own relationship with him. You have your own, and you see, when you get to that stage, when you get to the stage of, of um, adulthood, you have authority in the realms of the spirit. So when you decree a thing, it happens. Do you understand? When Satan manifests, you can rebuke the devil. You can drive Satan out of somebody. You can deliver somebody. It is, it is not by, by just being around. It's not just by having a lot of prayer tongues. But it's a certain, you have a certain authority. Remember, I, I was telling you about a police. The policeman has authority and power. How many know the difference between authority and power? Authority is what the police, no matter how, how small they are, can step in the middle of the road and say, stop, park. And it doesn't matter how, how big a car you are driving, you will stop. That is authority. Are you with me? It is that authority that makes the, the police person walk. The policeman may be 21, but they walk into the street. You may be 60 and say, you, park. And you pack. And you say, get out of your car and come and sit in my car. And you go and sit in this car. And then the person will ask you questions. And you have to answer. You see, if you look at the person and say, look, I can, my, my last child is, is older than you. And, and how dare you stop me and tell me to get out of my car. Do you know how much I bought this car? This car can buy you and your whole entire family. Come and sit in the car. If you say, no, I won't sit in the car. Then, and you, take, you drive off. Then he switches from authority to power. Because now he radios. And before you see it, 
there's a chopper in the air. Before you see it, instead of one police car, there are about 20 of them after you. Because now it's no longer authority they are dealing with. They are dealing with what? Power. Hallelujah. You see, so an adult, a spiritual adult, is somebody who wields authority and power. Hallelujah. So that when, when there is a need for backup, you have backup with head, headquarters. Do you understand what I'm saying? The Bible says, and Jesus had favor with God and with men. That's uh, Luke chapter 2, verse I think 56 or so. He had favor with God and with men. So that if he had to go back to revert into power, he can revert into power. Else he walked in authority. The Bible says he taught not as the scribes and the Pharisees. For he spoke and he taught as one with authority. It's that adulthood stage that gives you authority in the realm of the spirit. Because you wield power, you wield authority. Hallelujah. I, I pray that we will, as Christians, we'll get to that place where we wield authority and power. So when you go into your, fam- your, your home, you go into your uh, uh, home and your child in the middle of the night is, is uh, convulsing, you can take authority over the situation. Not a time to, pastor, pastor, come, come, I'm dying, I'm dying, I'm dying. No. You have enough authority to command and it will happen. Am I talking to somebody? Can we understand that? Yeah. Let me, can I give you one last one? My time is up, but I'll give you one last one. Is it okay? No? Okay. They say no, so stand to your feet. Or should I give you the last one? Which one do you want? Okay. Okay, I'll give you. The last, the last one for today is the stage of parenthood. The stage where now you are an adult, now you have grown, and you've got to the stage where you also give birth to others. Don't be a baby and say, I'm going to give birth to a baby. In 1 Corinthians 4, 15 and 16, the Bible says, that For though you, may, you might have thousands of instructors in Christ, yet you have not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. I, therefore, I urge you, imitate me. See, that the thing about being a spiritual parent is that you produce after your kind. It's not just inviting somebody to the church and them getting born again that makes you a spiritual parent. It is when you're able to produce because have somebody who is a replica of you spiritually. That's what qualifies you. See, when you see a, a man's child, you can see the child in the man or the man in the child. Can you see that? You can see the, the resemblance. See, this one is this person's child. The behavior, everything you can see, this is the person. Why? Because they are a replica of whoever they came from. Spiritually, is the same. When you give birth spiritually, the child looks like you. The authority, the, everything the child has resembles you. So don't say that this person is my spiritual child when you, they are totally different from you. When you yourself, you are a toddler. 
You yourself, you, 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 don't have, you don't know your left from right. You say you are calling yourself. <laughs> you see, and, and this is why sometimes we, 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 we get deceived by Satan. When somebody just comes to church, because they look, you know, very dignified and everything, within, you know, a few months, a, few, a couple of years, they appoint the person as a pastor. And the person is a toddler spiritually. Or anorexic in the, that picture. Show that picture again. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that person is walking around saying that I am, I am a... F- Can you imagine this person giving birth to a child? What would a child look like? I'm now a father. Like, I am now a father. Call me papa. Call me papa. I mean, can you imagine? The child will not make it. Take the picture off. Take the picture off. The child will not make it. Hallelujah. So you see, let us not be in hurry to have spiritual children when we ourselves are not old. We are not developed. We are not adults as yet. Hallelujah. We have to be fully developed. When we are fully developed, then we can give birth to offsprings that look like us. I pray that we will become spiritually mature. Rasanti 